0: Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 267 on Wednesday, the 24th of July, 2019. Hello, I'm Andrew.
1: And hello, I'm Rachel.
0: And this week, we'll be talking about how you will need to pay extra for the BMW you are already paying for. We'll also be asking if there aren't enough police to police the existing laws. Why bother making new ones? And Alan has driven on a road. But first, we shall leap into follow-up. It's been a while since we've had any news on Gomegate, but the news is a bit surprising. He's suing Nissan. (laughs) Apparently, because he's doing this in Holland, and apparently Nissan did not follow the uh, rules and regulations of how an employee should be got rid of at a company based in the Netherlands. So uh, there is no date yet been set for trial because they're still reviewing the case but that does seem a little bit silly of Nissan if they haven't done that. And he's looking for, in the region of, 15 million euros, <laughs> which will probably just about be the bales he's paid up to now. We'll keep an eye on that one and see if that one progresses. But that's the only bit of follow-up. No. So, Rachel, we've got new news.
1: We do. Um, yeah, so uh, first up, BMW has named Oliver Zipser as its new CEO. Um, so we've seen the story on Autocar. Um, and he has, well, he is going to succeed Harold Kruger, basically as BMW is ramping up its EV development strategy.
0: You mean they've actually got one?
1: <laughs> Just about. <laughs> um, so, they, yeah, they're basically saying that he has been one of the driving forces behind BMW's EV program. Um, and he's actually been working at the company since the year I was born. Um, so since 1991.
0: Now I feel very <laughs> old. Thank you for that.
1: Sorry. Um, it's, it's
0: okay. I'm reminded on a daily basis. <laughs>
1: um, so yeah, he hasn't just come from anywhere. He started out as a trainee and then became a member of the board of management in 2015. Um, he's held a few other previous positions, including product strategy. Um, so yeah, they're kind of relying on him now to ensure that BMW is keeping up with rivals such as Audi um, with their electric cars, basically.
0: Yeah. It's, it- I noticed a lot of articles about this and a lot of tweets and everything mm. to do with his appointment seemed to say a lot about decisiveness and decision-making and strategies. The, the, some of these words that sort of <laughs> leapt off leapt off the screen a bit and I was thinking, oh, that's a bit of a... That's more of a comment on the previous CEO or the current CEO yeah. as much as <laughs> what Sips is going to come and do. So I obviously people are not happy in BMW with what's been going down.
1: Yeah, um, although we know that Kruger has, um, well, is having to leave BMW because of a few health problems, I think. Um, so, yeah, but it seems like a good succession and people seem to be quite positive that he's going to bring this, you know, like you just said, a fresh new momentum in electric powertrains, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of what the manufacturer needs right now so we'll see how he does it um yeah i
0: mean he's been announced as an advocate for the ev side of things as well so
1: yeah
0: uh well it, it comes across as such a conservative company with the small c yeah in, in the way that it acts so i think any any um change will be radical for them possibly uh, and they've they've already had to bring forward their electrification as they announced a couple of weeks ago so it uh, be interesting to see how they how they move forward with that one i think um but talking of bmw and this is one that uh, was commented on a lot on twitter when the news came out but that for apple carplay you are now going to need to pay for a subscription with bmw talking of radical ideas that possibly need to be rethought <laughs> and cuz there's the um iDrive 7.0 uh, which you get a year's free subscription to use Apple CarPlay but then you need to pay 85 pound a month annually after that or it's 230 um 235 pounds for a certain amount of time, or two hundred and ninety-five pounds for the life. Uh, for two hundred. Sorry, two hundred and fifty-five for three, for three years, years. Yeah, and then it's two hundred and ninety-five for a lifetime subscription.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that's quite interesting because
0: it's a bold move. Isn't it's it? a bold
1: move, and it seems to just be BMW at the moment. So, will this become a thing? Will Will other manufacturers start doing the same thing? I don't know, but it seems a bit strange from something you know, a service that you expect to just plug your phone in, you know, your personal intuitive phone, you just plug it in. And if, you know, if you're unfamiliar with a car that you're driving or if you don't like it's sat-nav or infotainment system, then you can just use something that you're familiar with. So I think people will start moving away from this if other manufacturers are going to charge for it. But obviously it's just BMW at the moment, so...
0: Well, we've been told for several years now about how everybody expects connectivity, et cetera. Yeah, and now, now it's the first stage. I mean, it, it could have been foreseen a little bit, and perhaps was by some people commenting about it. I mean, I worry it's just the first step on to oh, you want this thing that we sold the car, and well, you need to pay a little bit extra for that, mm-hmm. and then a little bit extra for that. you know, it's it's the options, but now as a subscription model. Yes. Yeah. I'm not overly comfortable with that. As a not that I am buying a new car at the <laughs> minute, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, and that's another thing is what happens when it moves further down the line. I suspect possibly you may just get, as you said, you may just get people going. Oh, forget it! I'm not going to use their system at all. I'll just plug in my phone yeah. and use it like a USB or an i. You know, when you can still get infotainment that says we well, recognise the iPod. Yeah, um, <laughs> and just do it that way, or just ignore it completely. And just use people just use the phone.
1: Yeah. Well
0: even though you're not allowed to touch, etc. Et <laughs>
1: yeah, but they're they're going to start introducing this. Well, it's it's already on sixty-five percent of their current models, the iDrive 7.0. So it'll eventually be on everything. It is a bold move.
0: Considering who their target market is, mm. these people would expect apple CarPlay to be i think they would expect android auto to be on there as well which isn't on bmw system no
1: no i don't i don't have it on my on my test bmw and i have had android auto on many other of my test cars and they haven't been as premium so that was a bit of a surprise actually
0: well yeah i think i think it's it then the, the i go now it's mm. uh, android auto and apple CarPlay are standard
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, lots of budget cars really are introducing it as standard. And then there's BMW making it a premium.
0: Uh, I watched this one very worriedly, but I think it's an odd move Mm. from a business perspective. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, moving away from people charging us to (laughs) use our own cars, there has been a rise in CO2 levels, I believe.
1: Yeah. So this is according to the latest BVRLA, quarterly leasing survey so i found this quite interesting average co2 for new leased cars has has risen to a five year high so the survey basically says that average co2 for all new leased cars has now hit 118 grams per kilometer and that's gone up 7% since early 2017 and they also expect it to carry on rising because of the increasing share of petrol and also personal lease vehicles mm. because of the more accurate WLTP emissions testing.
0: Yeah, that just put everything up, didn't it? Exactly. All, yeah. all across the board, every, all the figures were higher.
1: Yeah, and and the rise in emissions is also being mirrored in the wider new car market as well. Yeah. And average CO2 is also at a five-year high, and that's 129 grams per kilometer. So yeah, it sort of puts into question this this move towards petrol and the move away from diesel. There's sort of no sign in that slowing down. Petrol is now accounting for, I think it's, yeah, for the first time, it's over 50% yeah. of the new leased car market. So, and diesel has fallen 15%.
0: It is an odd one because this is on the back of the government's uh, will be polite, confused strategy. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, on, on what they're doing, head, moving forward. So the problem is businesses, because uh, this is mainly about business leasing. But businesses have to do long-term planning. Yeah. And as as we've said on this show many times before, uncertainty cripples business because they can make a decision either way, whatever the decision is, as long as there is one. But in mm-hmm. the minute there's. Some ministers, the same minister has in the past come out and said one thing and then spoken to a different audience and said completely the opposite. So it's so tricky to understand what the government's going to do if they're going to penalize people for actually having diesels. And we need to remember the new diesels are really quite clean. Yeah. It's not like we're talking about diesels from 2001 that are actually quite bad when it comes to. Uh, nitrogen oxide levels and things like that because that that would be interesting to see as well if people were shown the comparison between the co2 and the nitrogen oxide level dropping or rising or whatever it is but the the, what the levels how they correspond and and then in the press there's the whole anti-diesel stroke anti-car narrative which then makes it difficult for people yeah yeah that's and a third problem with wltp is that uh, the plug-in hybrids? There has been a, a dry up of supply because many manufacturers have just stopped it because they couldn't make it comply.
1: Yeah, it's fallen five percent. So yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a mixed bag for plugins. But pure EV registrations did obtain a share of over one percent for the first time. So that's positive.
0: Yeah, no, that, that is good because we're getting ones that that do near a magical number you know they're well over 200 mm-hmm. miles now that, yeah you know i think 250 to 300 is probably the spot where people go oh that's okay yeah just just normal members of the public not not us car nerds,
1: uh, just normal <laughs> members
0: of the public need some sort of reassurance figure mm-hmm. uh, on range but again they can't make enough of those and supply them to what the demand is
1: yeah that's it especially for fleets
0: right We're going to move on to Volvo now, and there is a global recall of 507,000 vehicles because there is a potential fire risk. Uh, There's a faulty engine component, apparently. Um, Volvo's own investigations have identified that, and I'm quoting here from a quote on the Automotive News Europe article, has, in very rare cases, the plastic engine intake manifold may melt and deform. Yeah, that, that would seem quite bad. <laughs> uh, but the affected models are were produced between 2014 and 2019 and have the two-litre, four-cylinder diesel engine. So this includes the S60, the S80, the S90, the V40, the V60, the V70, the V90, the XC60 and the XC90. Oh, I would <laughs> imagine... Uh, Looking at those timescales, Volvo will be getting in touch with people. But if you have a slightly older one, more towards the 2014 range, you may not be in the dealer network system. So just double check with a local dealer whether your car does need to go back and have have that element uh, replaced. But no, fire in cars, not good.
1: No, not good. Although, yeah, there are no reports of accidents or personal injuries.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, we need to make that clear. Uh, yeah. Whenever whenever you mention fire, it does sound quite... <laughs> yeah. we, can, we can go hysterical.
1: Quite dramatic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the very worst case, there will be fire. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Um, some good news for hydrogen, though.
1: Yeah. And this company, actually, I quite like following this company because... I Might be a bit biased, but they are Wales based. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> it's all right, you're allowed to be biased on this show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll start waving my little dragon flag now, but um, <laughs> yeah, so it's River Simple, and they've raised over 800,000 in crowdfunding, um, on Cedars, which is a crowdfunding website. Um, so the manufacturer was aiming for, I think it was aiming for 750,000 on the crowdfunding site, but it's, yeah, it's, it's topped that and it's, um, funding for its hand-built, uh, RASA car, which is hydrogen. And yeah, I actually went for a drive in it a while ago, a couple Mm -hmm. of years ago, actually. Um, they wouldn't let me drive it. (laughs) Um, but I was able to be a passenger Mm. And, um, yeah, it has a 300-mile range and an equivalent of a 250 miles. Yeah, 250 mpg. And it only takes three minutes to fuel.
0: That's one there for everybody who complains about how long it takes to charge a car. Yeah. Which is getting very dull to listen to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. So, yeah, it only takes three minutes, which is, you know, about the same probably as petrol or diesel. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, there is the challenge that everyone will then talk about of powering or filling um, yeah. the car with hydrogen. So, and the there infrastructure are only...
0: required for that, because <clears throat> yeah, whereas oh, people yeah. complain so about expensive. the EV infrastructure, they're really you know that we are at the beginning of hydrogen yeah public charge. Uh, Refueling, refueling or refilling? I, yeah, I don't know. We're going to need another <laughs> set of terminology here. But for the re, uh, well, we'll say fueling for the sake of argument. But the refueling yeah. infrastructure really is in, in its infancy at the moment. But it, it needs projects like this, uh, and the government funding that was agreed earlier in the year yeah. to to put more more of these in place. But if we're talking three hundred mile ranges, yeah, then we can sort of get away with it if it's people using them for longer journeys or if they are local to one of these. It's, it's it's when you're in between. It's when you're not next door to or, mm-hmm. or very close to a charging point or refueling point and you don't do the long journeys, then you can see why people don't. But we, we need to take these baby steps through. And and something that I, I got frustrated with over the weekend uh, on Twitter, is people are presuming that the new technology is a direct replacement for what we have in an internal combustion engine now, and it's not. It's mm-hmm. taken a hundred odd years to get to this point with the internal combustion engine and all the infrastructure around that. You, you to expect the same from uh, hydrogen powered cars or electric vehicles is uh, silly, I think. Yeah, but I uh, but I I quite like River Simple's idea because they they they're looking at the whole idea of car ownership aren't they as well because it's is it a subscription only type deal it is
1: so the customers will not purchase the car um so river simple will provide the car as a service for a monthly fee and that will include all fuel um i say fuel maintenance and insurance so that you know should really make the car more appealing and then that does depend on the final price of it, obviously,
0: yeah
1: um but I think it might be there is a lot of discussion about this you know mobility as a service prospect, and that actually might be something in the future that people will move towards, I think, yeah, so yeah, people maybe they won't feel that it's necessary to own a car anymore. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a lot of development in the car sharing arena at the moment. So that kind of links to that. Um, but yeah, there's there are 17 hydrogen stations in the UK now. And then there are another five in the pipeline. Mm. So yeah, we'll, we'll see where that goes. But I think the fact that it's received so much funding already shows that there is an appetite for yeah. the technology. And maybe hydrogen has kind of been left behind, I think, in recent years. There was, I, I I feel like a lot of people were talking about it as the next technology, the next sort of big technology mm-hmm. um, because of the refueling times compared to how long it takes to charge an electric car. Yeah. But then at the same time, electric seems to have come on a lot more. So we'll see if this, you know, shows a a kind of increased appetite towards hydrogen.
0: Yeah. it'll be interesting. I think they've done a cracking job of raising awareness as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and the, the manner in which they've done it because they haven't, um, it would be very easy to get it's the tone mm. wrong on this and come across a bit preachy where they're just saying, look, there's mm. another option. There are, there are options. Cause I, I firmly believe that we will have, to use a hybrid and pun intended but a hybrid of solutions to us getting around in the future i don't i don't think there is one magic propulsion system that will solve it all so yeah so i
1: agree yeah
0: moving on the government has announced uh, a strategy a 74 point strategy apparently to reduce the cra- number of crashes on britain's roads because that that figure has stagnated and not reduced recently some of it's i mean i took the mickey at the start of the uh, the show some of it is just increasing penalties and fines and putting points on stuff that already exists and as i keep asking the question that has never been answered if we don't have enough people policing what we've already got what's the point in <laughs> making a new tougher <laughs> thing there still won't be policed because we can't <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but there was a, there was a couple of points that i i was interested and happy to see whether they come through i don't know but there's a lot of talk about uh training new drivers uh, and those going through the driving uh, driving instruction system to they want to uh improve the training uh, so there'd be things like driving at night driving on different types of roads and stuff like that uh which which is i think is great and is key to be done in a controlled manner. However, they did then say one of the other proposals is once you've passed, then you will not be allowed to drive at night. There will be a sort <laughs> of means. Well, you just taught them how to drive at night. No, mm. you said they can't unless that is a phase in <laughs> extra bit of training you must do future in the future after yeah. you've done your probationary period. I don't. I don't know because again, this is all very. Uh, seem to me a little bit of let's throw a lot of mud at the wall see what sticks see where the howls of outrage are and then we can come up with something and then pretend we've listened to the public Mm -hmm. but anything that helps to improve road safety is is let's be frank about this is a good thing you know I'm, i'm not mocking the the concept and as i've always said if we're if we're trying to shout about we need autonomous vehicles because they're safer we can we can help things now without spending billions of pounds on research by improving and tightening training for for drivers. Whether that includes older drivers having to go back and get retrained. You know, if you've been on the roads, sake of argument, 10 years, Mm -hmm. should you do a refresher perhaps? I don't know. I don't know. There's times because the laws change and technology changes. So maybe it's something for us to consider, but how you practically do that uh, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no. It's like you say. It's it's hard to implement a lot of these these things, and obviously laws laws can happen. But <laughs> it's I guess it's more the threat of you know the the increased fines and yeah. the you know the penalty points that will put people off doing things like you know not wearing a seatbelt and that sort of thing. I think you know any any steps will help.
0: I was surprised at the number of people who it's reported weren't wearing yeah. uh, seat belts in, in this day. it's not like the law only came in five years ago or something, but, uh, according to this auto car article, there was 27% of road fatalities in 2017 involved drivers and passengers who weren't belted up. How, yeah. and, why, and why would one
1: you do in, that? One in four deaths in the car could have been prevented, which is crazy. I, I don't even think of getting in a car without putting my seatbelt on. <laughs> no. I think maybe I've just, maybe it's my age. Maybe I've grown up doing it.
0: It's because you're so young, you, you know, you know, to do this anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But clearly people aren't. <laughs> yeah. No. true. Um, but Yeah. I mean, I actually, I got in a, in an Uber a few weeks ago and it was, um, Yeah, I got in the Uber and the the driver was driving with no seatbelt on. But I thought he might have plugged it in behind him, you know, behind Mm. himself or something. But actually, the seatbelt light was flashing, but he'd clearly managed to somehow turn off the sound, the beat. So people, you know, people will still still try and not wear a seatbelt, which is baffling to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, because they're, they're talking about EU level, aren't they, of bringing yeah. in Alco locks, because uh, that's another yeah. thing that was mentioned here, then maybe where, you know, the car will not, uh, will not move start, if you don't, move away, yeah. whatever, if you exceed the limit of whatever your local limit is, uh-huh. maybe something similar for seatbelts that if if you're in the in the car, or it detects people in the car, because they do detect people, then yeah. uh, it just gets we're not shifting until you plug it in. And if yeah. you unplug it, then it, I don't know, puts your hazard lights on or something, or does mm-hmm. something that brings that you attention. you can't prevent. That you, yeah, yeah that you can't just pull the fuse out because you'll stop the car working.
1: Yeah, but, but it is all about education, isn't it? So the fact that the the DFT is trying to push for better edu- education, um, I think is, is only a good thing. So yeah. hopefully it will help people to develop more of an awareness of why they should be wearing their seatbelt and and you know even though not driving at night for new drivers is you know it sounds quite harsh i think actually it could prevent a lot of a lot of deaths and you know i think there are really high stats for people crashing cars within the first year of passing their driving test
0: yeah because it's the whole is is it that they've got passengers? Is it where they're going? Yeah. Is it showing off? Is it lack of experience? You know, it's all these things. What actually, what actually are part of the common causes or the reasons for this? It be it would be interesting to know what they were and yeah. if if the suggestions being brought out by this uh, by the DFT are actually tackling those or are just targeting a couple of them that sort of like the headline chaser ones.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway, anyway, let's let's move on to parking.
1: Uh, yeah, so this story is about uh, Daimler and Bosch, um, and they have uh, recently got approval to test driverless valet parking in Germany. So, yeah, it's in Stuttgart, and the local authorities have said to Daimler and Bosch that they can start testing autonomous parking technology. So... The service will start at Mercedes-Benz Museum, the parking garage, and then it will use the infrastructure provided by Bosch and vehicle technology from Daimler. So apparently it's the first fully autonomous driverless system, categorized as level four automation. So basically what that means is you can use a smartphone app and it enables the car to drive itself to an assigned car parking space and park once you, the driver, once you've walked away from the car, basically. And then when you get back, the car can then be returned to the drop-off point. Mm-hmm. So it sounds really futuristic, but it is it is happening and it has approval. And I feel when I was reading this, I was thinking about the amount of times that I've used meet and greet uh, parking services at airports and they quite often go wrong (laughs) you know one one time a driver brought my car back and he basically put the seat into a like a pretty much horizontal position and and he turned my car into a club like a club that I would never step foot into either (laughs) like house music blaring and I'm thinking I hope you haven't been driving my car for as long as it looks like you have yeah so yeah the cars you know will be able to to do that sort of thing themselves and the technology is
0: already there
1: but yeah it's just it seems like now's the time that they can actually start to do it so
0: yeah and and this as a a shock to everyone who listens to the show but (laughs) I think this is a good use of the technology yeah much as much as I rail against it but I rail against (laughs) it being used in public spaces this Mm. is a controlled environment hopefully I I haven't been able to find out but hopefully that this isn't a place where uh, the public or pedestrians are I wouldn't imagine it is but I don't know for sure Uh, and you know at that at that point it really is just a case of the sensors sensing each other, and the the site is already mapped out, so it's not like it's having to learn as it drives along. It just yeah, has to go to a prescribed spot in this mapped out area, mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to save people time. It's going to be more convenient for them. They just get out as they arrive, wander and do their thing, come back, and there it is for them. Yeah, you know, that that is a that is a a good use of this technology, uh, and I think it's. It's interesting to see that this has been, this has got approval, but that they're using it in such a way rather than saying, oh, last mile deliveries or something like that, which we, mm. we see a lot of. Uh, but I think that's generally from companies that are trying to raise um, VC funding and things like that. <laughs> oh, we've solved this problem nobody knew they had. Uh, but this, this would yeah. actually be useful. This would be helpful. And this would enhance people's journey.
1: Yeah, and also it will help people to, you know, it will help the visibility of the technology and it will help people to trust it. And
0: and, it, and if there is any accidents, it is yeah. only on a building or to a vehicle or vehicles. It's not to yeah. people.
1: Yeah, because you you're parking. not in the car
0: being yeah. parked yourself. You are away from it all.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd imagine that as it's in the sort of parking garage that it will just sort of... Go off by itself, and there won't be any people walking around. So, yeah, yep. it seems like a really good use of the technology.
0: So that's not the only uh, news article involving Daimler. And there on there is news that uh, B A I C, which is a Chinese car maker, has acquired five percent in uh, in Daimler and Mercedes. Now, this has been welcomed uh, by uh, Mercedes Daimler uh, because it's furthering the ties with China, Chinese companies actually, and looking at the results that have been announced this morning as we record this, although we're not covering it in the uh, in this show, Ms. Daimler are not having the best of quarters recently when it comes to uh, financial results. Yeah. So they probably could do with some financial assistance, but I think it just helps tie them in closer with their... Um, with the local Chinese market as well, which is so important to every car manufacturer, even though that market is uh, slowing down, sort of almost jumping on its nose, it's stopping that rapidly. It'd be interesting to see what it actually means, because it's all the in the auto car article here. There's there's all the usual corporate, oh, uh, joint venture partnerships, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, synergies, all that sort of language I nearly swore then but all that <laughs> language <laughs> so what it will mean I don't know um it'd be it be I would like to know more about what this actually brings both companies because I'm I'm not sure what it is apart from cash and if that's <laughs> what it is then that's fine but
1: yeah yeah, that's all the information that seems to be there at the moment. It's yeah. a lot of a lot of numbers and a lot of uh, a lot of predictions, so we'll see. But um I think that uh the rival um Chinese car maker Geely or Geely they took, they took a stake in Daimler last year. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting to see the Chinese investment and yeah where the where that will what that will lead to.
0: Yeah and I wonder what the level is because I'm sure Germany's introduced a law or already has a law about foreign ownership of their companies and I can't yeah. remember what the percentage is of shares that are allowed to be owned by companies abroad and whether whether that is getting close to uh, a level <laughs> now or if the, uh, and because I know it's it's made their parliament twitchy particularly when it's come to security and st- stuff like that i mean not that the cars are necessarily that that focused on that um so it, mm, I, can't, I just can't remember what that level is mm. um but uh, I, I i would imagine this is all being looked on with possibly concern from within germany but uh yes anyway let's let's Mm -hmm. Move away from that speculation onto dirty, dirty diesels, horrible dirty diesels.
1: We have a bit of a scandal on our hands. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, Nissan has decided to ignore a government request for emissions modifications to thousands of polluting cars. So basically, the Driver and Vehicle Standards Agency, the DVSA, has found that Sunderland-made diesel Qashqai models, they're emitting 17 times more NOx than EU limits allow. Mm. It asked Nissan to retrofit them to reduce the emissions, which has been done by some other manufacturers. But Nissan has basically said no. Um, (laughs) They've told the DVSA that it's not possible to do the recalibration for existing customers and the reason it says is because it wants to focus energy and resources on the new models.
0: <laughs> yeah, but talk to, as as I just <laughs> mentioned about Mercedes and their uh, their financial results that were announced today. Yeah, similar to Nissan, uh, have yeah. had a, again we're not really covering this item, but they have had a ninety percent drop in profits in the last <laughs> quarter. So. Uh, what they actually mean is mm. to focus energy and resources on not hemorrhaging any more money. <laughs>
1: yeah, they just yeah they just don't want to, you know, they, they've already produced those models and they've washed the hands of them and that's it by the lick of it.
0: But I I think technically they've done nothing wrong, have they? Because <sighs> they passed the original test.
1: They did.
0: Because this is real-world testing. Yeah, it, it is. That have... which which is where people or the companies have been approached and asked, been asked to adjust uh, and retrofit. Because the the other interesting thing is that Renault has agreed.
1: Yeah, and also Vauxhall. So it, it just seems like a bit of a lack of responsibility, in my opinion. And then, yeah, obviously we can see that Renault and Vauxhall are making those adjustments to its diesels, and that will obviously cost them a lot of money too. So it, yeah, oh, yeah, uh, I think they 've had quite a lot of negative feedback from environmental campaigners on this one
0: yeah, I noticed it yesterday when the, this article that 's from the Guardian, mm. uh, no from the times, sorry, yesterday the The Times produced this, and it was picked up by a lot okay. um, but the the article that 's referred to in the show notes is The Guardian, uh, if you want to click through and read some more about that, but uh i I don't know yeah technically, they don't need to do anything but mm-hmm. morally and from a perception point of view, they may yeah. want to adjust that stance,
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe they will
0: <laughs> yeah, probably well, it depends on the backlash, doesn't it yeah <laughs> because it's so odd because they make the leaf, you know, and <laughs> yeah so so to to not follow through uh Anyway, that's, yeah. that's for Nissan. They have a lot of things they need to work through at the moment. To do Nissan? They do.
1: They do. <laughs> They're in
0: counselling, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. that's uh, possibly halfway through. I'm not quite sure yet. Uh, but it's that time for guilt minute and the point in the show where we remind you to think about and consider what the Motoring Podcast is worth to you. If you feel it's worth a small amount of your hard-earned cash, then please do head to motoringpodcast.com and click on the orange Become a Patron" button, which is on the front page. If you're already a Patreon, thank you so very much. It helps us immensely. I know I have uh, bleated on about that in Alan's absence, that uh, we don't properly thank you but we we are very grateful you you help to continue to keep this on the internet and to allow us to explore new and different types of uh, content and the way that we produce things so we are very thankful for that uh, but if you've done all that obviously you're wonderful but how about accosting a friend whom you think might enjoy this and telling them about us. Yeah, make sure they, they might enjoy us though because we don't want to have angry people. Uh, and if for some reason you don't actually subscribe to the show, how about doing so? Because it's free to do so. And that makes sure that we come to you without any worry or concern that you may miss the show, particularly when the schedule has been a little bit erratic as of late. Apologies, everybody, but that's the way it's been. Um, and then so you, it will just come to you and you'll see it in your podcast. Player of choice, and you can just enjoy the next episode. Right, it's enough of enough of guilt, minute. We're going to move on to the designer's mood board, because we mentioned a few weeks ago how Ian Callum had left Jaguar, and at the time said, "Oh, I'll announce what I'm doing and in, in, all in good, all in good time. Don't worry about it." Well, he's now announced it, and he set up a, a design and engineering consultancy where they're looking to specialize in bespoke and limited edition cars for discerning collectors as opposed to non-discerning collectors uh it, i think it's going to be called callum um the the new agency uh and it's great to see that he's still involved in the motoring world because i mean we've we've seen him he's commissioned some some cars of his own hasn't he in the past where he's, he's tweaked things like his uh, Mark II Resto mod, which looks fab.
1: <laughs> it does. <laughs>
0: and, and I believe is fab from mm. people who've, who've been lucky enough to sit in it. But yeah, it'll be uh, – I can't wait to see what he gets involved with and what, what people ask him to do because he's now going to have this freedom, isn't he, as opposed to it was all trying to, to work along and you know it's all part of a bigger business picture. Now he's going to have more freedom.
1: Yeah, it yeah, it seems like he had a lot of fun making that. Um so he's now decided to go and do more of the same in his own business. So good on him.
0: Yep, absolutely. Right, we move on to the lunchtime read.
1: Yeah. Um so if you fancy yourself a little lunchtime read, I've been informed that Alan has actually driven a car on the road.
0: I know, it's 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 a rare thing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um so yeah, uh, If you want to read it, then um, head over to motoringpodcast.com. And I've had a read myself and no spoilers, but we see Alan taking on the Emperor's footsteps.
0: Yep. There will be a link in the show notes as well, uh, which you can click on and that will take you directly to this article. So as ever, whenever, when there is a written article, they happen so rarely you (laughs) must go and read them just for the novelty factor. But actually, uh, don't tell Alan, but this is quite a good one. <laughs> uh, I don't want him to think I'm complimentary to him. He, he'd feel odd if I was. Uh, but yeah, so go and go and listen, because uh, but also charge your glass before you do, because uh, he does take the grim with him on this route. So uh, go go ahead and enjoy that one. But our list of the week is from Keith Adams in Car Magazine. He went along to the Citroen Centenary Gathering, and there were. A number of cars that, because um, Citroën has such a fabulous back catalogue, uh, a number of cars in which he has highlighted has been particularly special uh, from the from the gathering. And uh, we would thoroughly recommend you going through and clicking on those. Of particular note for me was the BX Diana um, by, now, well, of course, I've picked the one that I can't pronounce the name. Heli? <laughs> uh, Heli? uh yes anyway one-off coach built <laughs> but it's a three-door shooting brake bx and it looks fabulous but there's uh there's obviously more there 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 are um well there's a tpv prototype uh which is the prototype <laughs> to the 2cv and my gosh that does look very prototypey. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- thinking oh, yeah. engineering mule,
1: definitely. <laughs> yeah, that is that is something to behold right there.
0: Yeah, crash crash uh, regulations <laughs> were not a thing when that was. No,
1: no. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> minimum as,
0: viable uh, car is, that <laughs>
1: the that is? But as Keith says, Bravo to Citroen for not restoring them because that yeah. is fabulous.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely so uh click through the links on the uh, car magazine uh, article cuz it's it's wonderfully well written and the pictures are fab as well so uh, and we all like a citroen Yes. we, like, we definitely like a citroen
1: yes uh,
0: so that leaves us with the and finally
1: yeah uh, i'm referring to a top gear story about jeep wranglers that have been modified by school children Um, So this was at the SEMA or SEMA show in Vegas. And basically, the program, uh, yeah, it's the SEMA program. And what they do is every year they buy secondhand vehicles for some different American high schools. And they have their own garages and mechanic classes. And basically, once they've sourced the cars, the school are then sent loads of aftermarket parts for free. And then the kids will get to work on making these epic looking cars um so yeah they they were shown at the show, and yeah I, if you haven't seen it, definitely definitely take a look at the wranglers because <laughs> yeah, the work they've done
0: no it, it is just excellent. looks amazing, yeah. I mean I'm not I'm not convinced by the chrome wheels on some of them. But uh, but I mean what's gonna happen was. you give
1: some school kids a lot of free aftermarket parts and what do you expect? Yes,
0: yes YouTube has a lot to answer for there. Uh, yeah, but, but it there does. are but, but it's interesting the the take they've it's all a great they, project. they've done on this. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's a fabulous project because you know, thinking from a, a business point of view, then it's a brilliant way to, to create engagement with um, future uh, future potential buyers. And particularly if they feel, oh, well, I can wield a spanner. I know how to fix that. Yeah. I, you know, this rugged thing. Uh, and they just, they do look, I mean, they look fab. They look they awesome. I mean, that, yeah. the, the, the Wrangler in green looks amazing. That's a fabulous color for it.
1: Yeah, and if you want one, <laughs> um, the cars are currently up for auction and they have no reserves. So, um, also, I think I think they're under the twenty thousand dollar mark at the moment. So, yeah, yeah.
0: and light bars. <laughs> Lots of
1: like light you bars. You can't
0: have enough light bars. <laughs> you can't.
1: You can't. Yeah. No, the kids have done really well there. They look amazing. I yeah. wish I could have a go.
0: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And that's about it for this week. As ever, I will just remind everybody there is more content to come out. There's more content from myself. There is more content from Alan. Uh, We are just trying to work through it and get it to a point where we can actually release it. So do keep an eye on the feeds and on Twitter because we will shout about it once it is ready. Uh, And that includes rear view as well as uh, on the Motoring Podcast. So there there are things to come out, everybody. It's just trying to get through life enough to be able to produce it for you. So please bear with and apologies for that. But uh, between now and next week, you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts with the show on the Motoring Podcast, on Twitter, on Instagram, on the Book of Face, and via the contact page of com, the hub of all our activities. As happened last week, we did receive and contact by the contact page. So thank you very much for doing that. And we do see, we do read them and we do reply. Uh, but do remember our uh, that you can support us uh, via merchantpodcast.com forward slash support. And don't forget that you can also leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. I know Overcast, which is our preferred Apple podcasting player of choice, has just had an update and uh, they are putting great store in stars on podcasts and episodes. So if you are listening via uh, Overcast and you like the episode, please give us a star on that because then it raises our awareness and, and it helps put our podcast in front of other people's eyes who may enjoy that because they now have a, a section for people who... Uh, follow who listen to podcasts that you do also enjoy these ones so there is that for us it would help spread the word about us uh so to get in touch with me the best way to do that is via twitter if you search for crap windscreen you'll find me there rachel what's the best way for people to get in touch with you
1: um, yeah, via Twitter, and you'll find me at
0: Rachel Bogie. There will be a link in the show notes. It should be in very large letters and in bold for you all to see easily. Do click through and uh, follow Rachel and see what she's up to. Uh, and but it also gives me a chance to say thank you so much for coming on here and helping me out and not letting me be on my lonesome. <laughs> oh, thank you. Of <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. It's been great. Uh, so we'll be back next week. But until then, I've been under clues.
1: And I've been Rachel Bogey.
0: And safe motoring.